Welcome everybody to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Brandon, and unfortunately, flying solo today. Uh, Heath has got some stuff going on with work and whatnot, so he can't make it today. So we're gonna fly this ship solo. Get this out to you guys. So you got something to listen to this week, and hopefully next week we'll be back uh, in action together again. So obviously a bunch of news topics on the table with Spire buying KBM. Uh, what does this mean for you know the future? That's a mainstay in the truck racing world, and it's now being bought by Spire. Spire, after their big investment they've received, they've just you know on a spending spree so uh you know a lot of stuff happening there we obviously had the race at texas this last week where william byron gets the win um just kind of hangs around all day long and at the end of the race was able to take advantage of the opportunity and get the win so we got that the tower uh and a whole lot more um what i decided to do is with me basically just being by myself this week, I wanted to just cover really two things. Um, number one, obviously, we'll kind of go over the, the NASCAR race and whatnot. But number two, um, I want to cover my weekend at the Four Crown because not only was it incredible, but it was historic in the sense that we saw a driver do something that has only been done by two other drivers and that's Jack Hewitt and Kyle Larson. So, um, really, really cool, uh, to get to watch that and see it. And it was a top five greatest weekends of my life. I mean, it really was, it was incredible. So I really want to cover that because, um, like I said, the, the racing was insane. It it's, it, to me, that's one of the biggest dirt races just in the world. And it's the best dirt track in the world, in my opinion. So I'm going to cover all of that today on three wide in the middle. All right, you guys. So NASCAR race at Texas. We'll dive into this before we get to our dirt track recap. But NASCAR race at Texas. Um, if you watch the race, you know that the race was hot. <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, it was like 100 and something degrees in Texas. Um, those guys, you know, I I can't imagine how hot those cars get. And even with adrenaline and stuff like that, it's still going to be hot. I remember running just outlaw carts in the middle of summer and it would be 110 degrees outside. And you're in that car and the motor's sitting right next to you. And, you know, you're in a, it's an open wheel. It's an open roll cage, right? You're just, you got air hitting you, but you're covered from head to toe. You're you know, you have to be wearing a suit or long sleeves and pants and stuff like that. And it was, you know, just cooking. Like, you're just cooking. So I can't imagine what it's like inside those cars. Um, even with the cooling shirt on and all that stuff like that, I there's no way it, <laughs> it makes it comfortable. Um, it just makes it barely tolerable. So it was hot. Kyle Larson was hands down the class of the field. Um, and it, in my opinion, it wasn't even really close. Um, you know, we can talk about laps led and all that stuff like that, whatever Kyle Larson, if he wanted to, he was two to three tenths of a second faster than every other car on the, on the track. 
I mean, it was that simple. Um, which is why his wreck at the end, um, next to Bubba Wallace, is so frustrating and disheartening because he didn't need to do that. Um, you know, he did not need to try to sweep out as wide as possible. You know, when you lose the side force in these cars, it's gone. It's absolutely gone. So one of the things that I've heard um, crew chiefs and drivers and stuff talk about with this next gen car is that you do have more side force in this car than the gen six car. But when you lose said side force, the, the cars, it's done. It, You've lost it. The car's coming around and you're not going to save it. Right? It doesn't matter who you are. You're not going to save it. This is what we saw with Kyle Larson. Um, he comes into the corner. He's right up next to Bubba Wallace. Both of them are trying to get a wide arc into turn one. Um, that crappy turn at Texas where, you know, we've got 80 feet of racetrack and then they only use the bottom, you know, seven feet. Um and you can see, I mean, he just loses the loses the the, for, the side force on the car. It comes around and he backs it into the wall, and his day is done. And he didn't need to push that hard. Uh, he was faster than Bubba Wallace. If he stays low, he's going to get around him. He is. He's going to eventually pass Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace is not going to pass him on the outside at Texas with Larson's car being that strong. He's just not. And Larson pushed it too far, pushed it too hard when he didn't need to, and it bit him, it bit him in the ass. And now, you know, instead of basically being locked in to the next round, the round of eight, he's now just two points above the cut line. And, you know, that's an issue because the next two tracks are not, these are not, um, you know, Texas style tracks. These are not like Kansas or Vegas or Homestead, right? Or even, you know, a Phoenix or a Dover or something like that, right? Like a, like a Speedway. This is Talladega, which is an absolute, you know, just crapshoot most of the time. And the Roval, which I, I, I hate the Roval. I really wish they would get rid of the Roval. There's no reason to, to have it. Um, these cars suck on road courses. They're horrible. Just put them back on the speedway and be done with it. So, you know, Larson now, he's got to have, he's got to get a good finish at Talladega. If he does not get a good finish at Talladega, we might see who, so far, in my opinion, right, it's been Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin. Those two have been the top two in the playoffs since we started. Um, and we could see Larson going into the Roval with his back against the wall where it's either he wins or he's out. And that would be a really tough situation for what I think is, you know, probably the best in the series right now, at least when they put it all together and he doesn't just you know, step on it going into turn one at Texas. You know, I could go on and cover a bunch more. You know, William Byron got the win. Congrats to him. The dude just hangs around, you know, pretty much stole that win and i've heard people dogging him and you know being like oh well he wasn't fast enough. that's the thing with nascar that is the thing with nascar 
I've watched NASCAR for many years, and I can tell you there have been way more times where the best car and driver did not win the race. It happens all the time in NASCAR. It's why it's so it's why those wins that you do get are so rewarding because you can go out and be the dominant car and not win the race. And it happens all the time. You look at Formula One, right? If Red Bull and Verstappen are putting it together, they're winning the race, right? Unless there's some fluke of a reason. But nine times out of 10, they're going to get the win. Even when you go to like the dirt side of things, right? Most of the time, that guy, the guy who's got the, the car dialed in and is on it that night, nine times out of 10, that guy's going to get the win. Not in NASCAR. Doesn't work like that. So Byron did what he needed to do. His team did what they needed to do. And they got their sixth win on the season. And they're locked into the round eight. So congrats to them. They did what they needed to do. And you know? also a lot of stuff happening in the NASCAR world. And we could cover it all. But be, since I'm, like I said, I'm flying solo here. Um, we'll hold off on that. And we'll kind of, you know, do a double, double, uh, take next week uh keith and i but i really want to get to the four crown um there was a lot of stuff happening in the dirt racing world um you know if we look at just a couple nights ago the high limit race at lernerville fifty thousand to win you saw larson and sweet um on the front row of that feature sweet set the track record um that track record was set like 21 or 22 years ago by Joey Saldana. Um, and keep in mind when Saldana set that track record, he did it at a time when there wasn't there wasn't like minimum weight rules on the sprint cars. Okay. Basically they could be as light as you could make them. And uh, you know, it's one of those track records you looked at and you're like, I don't know if that's ever getting beat. Well, this track was it was fast. It was really fast. And Sweet went out, first qualifier on the night. Breaks track record. Um, sets quick time was just on it. So it was a really fast track. The cushion was gnarly. Um, it led to literally two of the best sprint car drivers in the world. I mean, you can make the argument they are the two best, Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet, um, uh, making mistakes up on that cushion because that cushion was was hairy. And David Gravel just happened to make fewer mistakes, got the win. Rico charged up through the field um, to pull off a second place finish. Kyle Larson jumped the cushion. He fell all the way back to like ninth or 10th. I think he ended up finishing eighth. And then Brad Sweet finished third. Um, the high limit points, Larson is now only like eight points ahead of Rico with two more races to go um, in that championship. There's a lot of rumors right now, uh, stuff coming out about the high limit series, basically Sweet and Larson buying the all-star series um nothing's been confirmed it's just a lot of rumors i don't know if that would be a good thing or a bad thing i it would all depend on on what they're buying uh what they want to do with it you know i it's i'm i'm i don't want to comment any more on it because i want to do some more research and kind of see what's happening um, see if I can figure out more of what's going on because, you know, if they're looking to expand high limit to being more of a, you know, 50, 60 race season, well then what's your goal? Is your goal to 
to compete against the outlaws? Is, you know, put up more money and do it with less races? Is it, uh, you know, your goal to, you know, just have something different that other drivers can just come run in your, I, I don't know. So it really depends on what they're wanting to do. If they do that, right. If, if, if I limit does purchase the all-stars, you know, are we going to see Brad sweet running the all-stars now? Is he going to just leave the outlaws after winning potentially his fifth straight championship? He's just going to be like, all right, I'm cool here. I'm going to go run my all-star. I, you know, I just, there's a lot of questions with that. So, um, as more news comes out and we you know actually get some some concrete evidence and details then we'll we'll cover it but until then i just right now it's all just hearsay and i i don't want to comment on hearsay so anyways that's the big news on that front um we have the bc39 kicks off tonight so last night was supposed to be night one of the BC 39. Um, unfortunately, it got rained out. I don't know what that's going to mean for tonight. Um, just because the, the Stoops Pursuit is actually one of the coolest um, races of the year, if you've not seen it. It's 25 laps. After so many laps, they basically kick out, you know, the certain drivers. It's based on passing and stuff like that. So um, they've got the two preliminary nights. There was obviously big, big entry field, a uh, big, big entry list for the uh, field. You've got two preliminary nights. They're split fields. And then Saturday night is the the main, you know, or I should say the full show for the championship or not the championship, what am I talking about? We'll show for the, for the uh, event. And um, yeah, the 39 lap uh, feature on Saturday will, I think it's $20,000, $20,039 to win. Yeah, so um, it's a really cool event. Unfortunately, with the rain out last night, that kind of puts a hamper on things. But uh, you know, we'll see see what happens tonight as hopefully the rain will get the racing, will allow the racing to get in. So, um, yeah, moving on. Let's let's dive into last weekend uh, because last weekend was insane. Um, it was, first of all, uh, the fact that I got to go to Eldora and you know, watch the four crown. I mean, it was, it was, I, I, words can't even put it. I just, words can't describe it. Eldora has always been on my bucket list to go see. Um, you know, it was like the world finals that I got to go to two years ago. Um, and you know, it's the same type of thing with Eldora. I've always wanted to go there. I've always wanted to see race in there high level racing there, right? I didn't want to go there and watch like many stocks. I wanted to go there and watch, you know, USAC or the outlaws, that type of thing. And I got to, and it's incredible. Um, first of all, television does not do the track justice in terms of the, the size and the banking. Uh, it is insane. And when you watch these guys literally running i mean inches off the wall that is not an exaggeration they are inches off the wall 
it's insane. It is absolutely crazy. Um, night number one was essentially you had a full midget show. You had a full World of Outlaws show. You had uh, Silver Crown qualifying and then the Silver Crown last chance qualifier for Saturday night's race. Uh, Silver Crown cars were, you know, they were they were pretty good on night number one. You know, the feature for the Silver Crown was actually pretty good, was actually good. Um, but then, you know, the Outlaws and the USAC Midgets, um, the midget race was incredible. Kevin Wyndham got up top and was just gone. I do put on a clinic uh, up there on Friday night. It was insane. Um, we were sitting on the exit of turn four um, in the, the North Terrace there. And it was it was in just I to watch those guys ride that wall and then to see them coming off that corner. And we've got a straight shot down the front stretch where you can actually see the car wiggling and, and getting into the next corner. It was, it was nuts, man. Absolutely nuts. So Wyndham put on a clinic on Friday night in the midget, um, Rico in the outlaw race, then just basically said, hold my beer and took everyone to school. Um, he, he was so fast and had, I, like I said, once again, you know, with the wing, you can basically, he put that right rear just on the wall and was gone. Uh, just smoked him. I don't think there was anybody that had anything for Rico, uh, Rico after, um, or during Friday night of, of the four crown nationals. Uh, Selzy was fast. Um, you know, gravel was fast, but at the end of the night, I mean, Rico just was way too fast. Um, nobody had anything for him and he was gone. He got the win and, uh, basically just, he made it look easy and it is not easy. <laughs> it was incredible. So, uh, yeah, hats off to Rico. Um, Saturday night, was even better because we got to see the USAC sprints there. And to me, that was really what I had been waiting for. You know, that was the, that was the car that I wanted to see there the most. Um, don't get me wrong. Seeing the outlaws there and the all-stars there, the wing sprints, it was incredible, but I was really wanting to see the USAC sprints just because these, you're talking about these guys, you're just backing it into the cushion. The cushion is on the wall. How are these guys going to do this? And it was jaw dropping. It was incredible. Uh, Logan Seavey, the kid basically does what only two other drivers have ever done. And those drivers are Kyle Larson and Jack Hewitt. Now, first of all, Jack swept the entire four crown, you know, back in the day. And that'll never happen again the way Jack did it, just because Jack ran the three USAC events and then they also ran modifieds back then they haven't ran modifieds at the four crown in a very very long time when Kyle Larson swept the USAC events at the four crown nationals there was actually only three only three uh classes it was the the silver crown the sprint USAC sprint and the midget they weren't even running the wing sprint cars yet um for the four crown and then Logan CV sweeps the USAC uh, races 
wins the sprint car race, wins the midget race, and wins the silver crown race, and just swept the night uh, on the USAC side. He was running a wing sprint car. He didn't get through the B main with the All Stars. Um, you know, he has he seems to he has seemed to improve in the wing car this year, but he's still got a ways to go. Um, you know, non wing stuff. He might be the best, you you know, non-wing driver in the world right right now. Um, with what you look at what he is doing in the midgets, in the the sprint cars, the silver crown. I mean, he's basically just dominating all of them. I uh, you know, he's he is putting up a a season right now that is. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, it's basically, you know, we're we might be witnessing one of the the best racing seasons ever. Um, you know, when you consider the fact that you look at what he's done this year, um, you know, starting off the year winning the Chili Bowl, um, you know. just swept the four crown um you know he's he's winning the you know he's leading the points in the silver crown um he's leading the points i want to say it's leading the points in the midgets as well uh and is he leading points in the sprint cars i can't remember uh no justin grant is yeah he's leading it in the midgets and the silver crown um and uh he's like tenth in the in the sprint cars, but just a incredible season so far. Um insane. He is I mean, you know, you look at the stuff that he's won, what he's done this year, you know, it's pretty insane. And he's still got a lot of racing to go you know he's only 25 26 years old and he just had one of the best nights you can have in all of dirt racing so hats off to him it was incredible to watch um i was you know going there i was obviously i'm a team s fan justin i i don't i don't really have like a favorite driver where i just root for that driver like i i just love good racing um you know i think justin grant meserol cv you look at a bunch of those guys um they're insanely talented um rico you know rico was running the the midgets you know you saw a bunch of drivers who were doing double duty brady bacon was running the wing car and the, the sprint car you know there was a lot of guys out there running multiple cars cv was really the only one that was running all four of that last night and um i just wanted to see good racing and i got to see it it was incredible racing um you know it was just insane um Bezerol and grant i those those guys with what they've they've had a tough year this year you know hats off to justin grant for the year that he's had in the midgets considering that you know this this change that they've made with the motor um 
it's been rough. It's been really rough. Um, most people don't realize what what that entails when it comes to uh, the car. People think like, oh, you're you're just you're going to a Ford, and they don't realize that you're not just going to a Ford. They're helping Ford develop that motor. You know, you're talking about this four cylinder, you know, 400 horsepower, and it doesn't just, it's not just the torque and the horsepower that it changes. It changes everything. The balance of the car, the way that these midgets run, they're, you know, they're banging off that chip at the end of the straightaway. At least that's what you want them to be doing. And that affects the way the car drives, how it handles everything, absolutely everything. When you are, when you change that motor package, when you go to a different motor, it changes everything. It does. It absolutely changes everything. It's not as simple as, oh, well, it's just got more power. That's not the way that it works. You know, you listen to, uh, you go back and listen to like Greg Biffle or Matt Kenseth, right? Those guys who were at Roush when the first year they started doing the Yates Roush motor uh, combination, right? That program. And all of a sudden now the, these Roush cars have got 50 more horsepower and it changed everything. It made the cars handle better everything. It, it's a huge, huge change. And you can see right now that RMS, uh, they've had a really tough year. And anytime it seems like they've actually, they've got a good run going, something happens. Uh, Meserol was, had a good night going. Jade Abedigian, uh, wrecked it up on the cushion. Meserol trying to dodge it locks up. He ends up flipping the car. Um, so tough break for him, you know, uh, Justin Grant, I think one race he, I mean, he was like close to last and you just don't see that. I mean, you just don't see that out of Justin Grant. So those guys definitely have had some, uh, some tough, tough nights this, this season and really hoping that they can get this motor program figured out before, you know, the end of the season so that way they can go into next year with everything lined up and ready to go now uh another big uh you know event race right at the four crown was the all-stars on saturday night coming into the the all-stars that night um it was the final night of the point season uh yes they hadn't ran they haven't ran the tuscarora 50 but that's not a points night that's that's just an event um the driver's championship was already locked up by zeb wise they were battling for the ownership the owner's championship eighty thousand dollars on the line you've got rooting versus you know uh clausen marshall and Coming into that last race, um, essentially what needed to happen was is Tyler Courtney needed to get the win and then hope that Zeb Wise finished in third place or worse. Um, so as long as Zeb Wise finished at least second, he was going to lock up the championship. Um, you know, Sunshine looked really good. He runs really good at Eldora. Uh, start of the race, he comes out, he's leading, he's fast. Um, Rico gets around him. 
um, when Rico got around him, you saw Sunshine start to change his line a little bit, which was a bad move on his part. Um, you know, I Rico was just on the wall and was just that much better than everybody else on the wall. And Sunshine was looking for speed, trying to find a different line. The track was really interesting. There was, you know, not just the top there. There was a bottom. Um, you, it was a very racy track. And, you know, the problem is, is that when you start searching and you don't really know what you're searching for, you can fall back really fast. Sunshine dropped back to like fourth or fifth. Zeb Wise got around him. Zeb was fast. Um, he was actually starting to track down Rico before Rico caught the bump in three and four and essentially ripped the front axle out of it. So Rico ended up uh, ending the night on the on the tow hook, um, broke the car uh, right up on the wall right in front of us. But yeah, it was a tough break for him. I, I don't know if I don't I, I mean, it looked like Rico was going to get the win, but Zeb was coming. He was coming. And, uh, you know, restart comes out. Zeb gets a lead and he just drives away with it. He wins, you know, won the race and uh, won the owner's championship for Rudine. Uh, it was really, really cool the way that they wrapped up the all-star, you know, season at Eldora. I thought that was a really, uh, Really good job by them. Obviously, Tony Stewart owns the All-Stars and Eldora, so you can do stuff like that, which made it really cool. But I, I actually liked the way that they ended the season on the foreground. I thought that was a really cool uh, way to cap off the season. And, you know, the the All-Stars obviously don't get the the pub the Outlaws do. Um, and for good reason. If you look at the All-Stars, you know, the those guys who run are phenomenal drivers, but the amount of money that they're racing for and stuff like that, the number of nights, it's just not on the same level as the outlaws. But I will tell you this, um, you know, following both of them and then watch having seen both of them there, because um, a lot of the all-stars ran on Friday night with the outlaws and they were upfront with them. You know, it was, those guys got speed. I mean, they are fast. Uh, Sunshine did struggle on Friday night, but more than made up for it Saturday night. The track was a little bit better on Saturday night and it just seemed a little bit racier. It was also a little bit more technical and, you know, he put it together. He just couldn't get the win. Zeb was on another level and he got the win, wrapped up the driver's championship. He'd already got that wrapped up and then wrapped up the owner's championship. So just an awesome night for, for Rudine and Zeb Wise, um, you know, for them to, to get that uh, championship locked up at the foreground at Eldora. It was uh really, really cool to see. So yeah, hats off to them. They had an awesome season and it'll be very interesting to see, you know, how they do going forward. Um, you know, obviously they've had a great year and what's the plans for next year? I mean, who knows, right? Who knows? Things are always changing. So but anyways, you guys, that is going to do it. We're going to wrap it up right there. Just short and sweet day today. Um, like I said, you know, Keith's out. So just wanted to really talk about really quickly about the cup race. And then obviously the four crown because it was insane. Um, you know, just watching those guys put it on the wall uh, at Eldora. Words can't, words can't describe it. I was talking to my buddy Kyle yesterday. Kyle, you know, who's ran race sprint cars and used to run USAC sprints and all this stuff. And, you know, I just 
I was trying to explain to him how crazy it was and how amazing it was to see that, you know, to watch it just eye opening. And I finally was just like, dude, words can't describe it. I'm like, you got to, you just have to see it. You have to go watch it in person. And that's the way I feel about it. Um, Four Crown Nationals, definitely, you know, top this last weekend is top three greatest races I've ever seen in person. I mean, the only two that compete with it would be, you know, Jack Hodden Shields win at Gold Cup when I was there, just because I loved Jack was like my favorite driver as a kid. Loved the wild child and to see him win at Gold Cup in my first ever outlaw race, right, that I watched, um, you know, as like a 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid was just awesome. And then the J.J. Yaley's win at Manzanita uh, back in 1998, I, 98, I think it was 98 or 99, I was down there for the uh, Copper World Classic. Um, which is at the, you know, was at Phoenix, the mile, you had the midgets and the silver crown and all that stuff like that running down there. Um, and we went to Manzanita for the SCRA uh, race and JJ Yaley started last in the feature and we watched him drive it to the front and win the race. And that I was standing in the infield on a tractor tire in turns one and two, and it was incredible. So you know, those two races are, you know, we're coming into this last weekend. We're at the top of the list in terms of, you know, best, best races I've ever seen. And four crown just bumped it off because it was amazing. So congratulations to, you know, Zeb Wise and Rudine for their championship, Logan CV for making history, sweeping the USAC events at the four crown nationals, uh, you know, so when you're anytime you're on a list with only Kyle Larson and Jack Hewitt, you're doing something right. So congrats to him. And yeah, and see if these guys can cap off the, the season um, and get the championship in the uh, in the midgets and the silver crown. So anyways, you guys, that's going to do it all for this week. Thank you very much, as always, for joining me um, next week. We will be back same time, same place. Please download, like, share, subscribe, all that other good stuff. Uh, you know, help us continue to spread the word. Keith and I, we do this just because we like it. It's fun. We're not doing it for the money or anything like that. We just like talking racing. And uh, we thank you guys for joining us each week when we do it because it's 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 why we do it. So until next week, as always, have a great weekend. And until next time, take care.